Happy belated birthday to me. Happy belated birthday to me. Happy belated birthday to me. Scotty, I'm not trying to tell you that you forgot me. But happy belated birthday to me. Do you know what, John? I I yeah. I did mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. fail fail, fail yeah. you didn't mm-hmm. I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I knew it was your birthday and I still didn't say happy birthday to you. So um, <laughs> and that's just because I'm a very very bad friend. And do you know what? That means I will be one percent less mean to you today um, as your birthday present. You are so kind. Um, that is very kind of you. How are you, Scotty? Um. I am good, I think, but we should be, yeah, you're the birthday boy. Well, I'm not quite, I mean, you're a couple of days past it now, but you were the birthday boy, so we should really be focusing on you, first of all, John. Have you had a splendiferous week so far? Uh, it's been pretty splendiferous. I mean, I uh, uh, since we last spoke, I'm trying to remember, yeah, I went to, uh, uh, it has been splendiferous. Um, I'm definitely getting wiser and, and older at the same time. Yeah, so you're definitely getting um, older. That, I'll do that bit for you, yeah. Uh, no, I think that now you've just been 5% meaner than last week. I mean, even even Georg, who's normally kind of the meanest person on the planet, sent me birthday greetings, which was very lovely of him. That is true. John, you're making me feel real bad. Do you think Michael Curtis knew it was your birthday? I think Michael Curtis, if he knew, uh, he would have no particular reason to know. But if he did, he would <laughs> absolutely take the <laughs> take the occasion to shit all over me on the, for my happy birthday. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, his point was a good one. It says, you know, if... If polishing software is so important, why is not polishing your singing out of the podcast so it's as important? Which, you know, I felt, you know, it makes me look like Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. And well, it's a very it's well okay, let me let me spin this into something useful. So I told you that I'd been, you know, um uh offering some help and suggestions to to uh somebody who's just getting started in their career. Um and they're very happy now that they 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 got the assigned job offer, and so they're starting out. And I think that's great. And and I, as I recommended to her that <clears throat> that it, which is kind of standard recommendation I have to anybody who's getting started that you have to build something that you actually care about enough, a personal project of some sort, you know, um, and that you then have to be able to to kind of. Uh, show it to people and get feedback and the feedback is going to be hard to take because and especially to begin with you're just going to make so many mistakes um, and you have to kind of have a, a humble mind about it and, and allow people to point out things that are just so obviously wrong to them because they've been in the industry for a while or have experience in a particular domain um, and try not to take it personally. So I don't take it personally. Um, I know that I, I, it's, it's not a comparable thing. I, I realize I suck at singing. It's just for fun. So it's not like somebody says, your singing sucks. I'm just like, oh, my God, but that's terrible because my identity is a singer. So I, I absolutely hear that. But the one thing I will say is that um, for things that you actually do care about, you absolutely have to accept the fact that you're going to suck at it. And then you're going to keep sucking and keep sucking. But if you're unwilling to go through the suck phase, you're never going to get to the the, the good phase. Um, and in this particular case, you know, back to the software, it just had to do with the, the initial sign-up experience because um, what I noticed is that 
there was like, it, you're presented with a form and then immediately start thinking, oh, I don't want to fill out taxes. I'm trying to use an app. I'm trying to have some fun. So the, the, the steps that you take to make it really easy to, to, for somebody to sign up or sign in um, only when they absolutely have to, but when they decide that they have to, for whatever reason, that it be super, uh, super smooth and lovely. And one of the best ways to do that is to support the work that Apple gives you, like the, you know, the ability to sign in with Apple uh, it, w because that's something that people trust. And that if you ask people to, to, to have send, include the email, there's a little bit of markup, a mechanism that you can put in there that signals to Apple that this is an email field, in which case they will say, would you like to hide it? And of course, you know, from, from the perspective of somebody trying to gather information and hoover up as much information as possible, you may think, I don't want to do that. I want to capture it. But what you may not realize is that if you add these roadblocks and people are going to say, fuck it, I'm not going to use your app because I don't want to, to give my real email address, but I will do it if you allow me to, to sign up using a mechanism that I trust. Um, and Scotty, can I take a breath and, and continue on with something else, which will then roll into what I did the last couple of days? I think we should stay focused on you for a while, John. We should at least allow you to feel special for a moment. So let's let's okay, roll well, into what's next. Well, so the same theme about it is like, my God, if you're doing work on iOS platforms or any platform that for that matter, use what's given to you unless you have a damn good reason not to. So I talked uh, last week about how I was working on on making a... Um, you know, the, a field for capturing a one-time code that's sent by SMS as easy an experience as possible. And the way to do that is to basically support this concept of, of a text content type where you can say, well, hey, is this an email address? In which case you get some parsing that's for free, some validation to be able to, you know, they're called data, 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 no, not data handlers, whatever, um, data detectors. Uh, and the same thing you can do is something called one-time code. So I told you that I was working on it. It should be a really easy thing to do. And normally it is super easy to do if you just use a bog standard UI text field. But in this particular canvas I was working on that I inherited from someone else, um, the, a custom uh, implementation was done. And as a result of that, it was actually, you, you didn't get a lot of stuff for free. Um, and in order to, to support this mechanism of saying this particular text field has this particular type of data and in the specific case of one-time codes, that if a code is going to be delivered by SMS, uh, which they typically are for two-factor authentication, then the Apple system will work together and say, oh, I just saw a message that really looks and smells and, and feels like a passcode being sent. Let me put a, a keyboard uh, accessory so that you, instead of having to type in the code, you can just tap and it will automatically fill it. And the reason it hadn't been working, as I said, because uh, instead of using a, a single text field, it was kind of broken up into a series of text labels and then you have to implement a bunch of protocols to be able to handle that. And um, anyway, the way I solved it, <laughs> which is kind of a hack, but it, it's the, kind of the only way of doing it, is to be able to use a hidden text field and use that to be able to say that the, you can set focus in the view on the hidden text field. Nobody sees it, but as soon as characters are typed, then you can pipe those characters somewhere else on, on display. And it actually works perfectly fine. So is, is it a hack? Probably not, you know, um, but it, it is something that that is instructive in a couple of ways. One is that the initial intent is 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 proper. Make things work as easily as possible and use Apple's technology so you don't have to write your own implementation of things. But secondly, if you go off the paved path, maybe you have good reasons for do it. And in this particular case, there was no way to get the layout and experience um, that we wanted. And I've seen other apps do it as well. So sometimes a plain standard UI text view is just not what you want. 
but the capabilities of UI text field can still be there available for you. You can just hide them and, and pipe the data. So um, just to summarize everything I was saying is that, uh, you know, uh, if you sing and you suck and you really are committed to singing, well, you have to be willing to suck and let people say mean things about you. And if you're singing just for fun and people say mean things about it, take it in the same fun spirit unless it's given you. If you are just getting started in what you are working on, uh, find mentors or find people who are willing to work patiently with you and, and can speak frankly about what's lacking. And when you want to get better at things, use every tool available at your disposal, including the the groundbreaking, you know, whatever the the the, the foundational uh, capabilities you get in iOS frameworks or macOS frameworks or just Apple frameworks or platforms that you care about. All right, now I'm going to be quiet for a bit. I think yeah, there, there were so many things people had to remember what you could and couldn't do there that I, I think people have quite lost. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. I've I've had a, a slightly frustrating few days myself. Um, you know, uh, then again, I'm, you're getting used to me saying that, aren't you? At the moment, um, yes. So, so yesterday I submitted. Um, in fact, it wasn't yesterday. It was where, where are we on Wednesdays. We're recording Monday. I submitted a new release of a client app to the uh, to the App Store for App Store review. I would say. It went into review maybe 18 hours after I submitted it. So I think that's probably fairly normal these days, isn't it? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then a little while later, I got the rejection message. Um, and what the rejection message was for is not relevant to, to what I want to share. But it was the first time I'd had one of those ones that uh, that said, the issues we've identified below are eligible to be resolved on your next update. You've not had one of those before. Uh, If this submission includes bug fixes and you'd like to have it approved at this time, reply to this message and let us know. You do not need to resubmit your app for us to proceed. So I thought, okay, we had a quick discussion to make sure that we were happy with the issue in there. It's something that's been in the app a long time, but never been pulled up by apps review before. So uh, we were fine. So I, about 20 minutes after the rejection, uh, said, please approve this release at this time and we will fix the issues in the next release. As as it said, um, it's now been sat there for 22 hours since I made that response, which is like four hours longer than it was initially waiting to go into to review. So it's sort of like, uh, you know, would it have been faster to just, you know, drop the review and submit again? Because obviously, yeah, and, and and see what happened, or you know, at what point do I now think is this stuck? Um, you know, because this is actually taking. If it's going to take as long as it does to be in review to go through, then there's not really any benefit to. I guess other than they won't review it again, they'll just process it when they get there. I don't know. So, you know, first time I've been through this, so I'm, I'm sat here now thinking, how long? Do I leave it? And I think my 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 current thinking is I will leave it till tomorrow morning my time, which is about another yeah uh, twelve fourteen hours or we'll have. But you know, if not, then I'll have to seriously think about it, doing it. But it's um, this sort of unknowingness. I would have hoped that if you just said yes, please, I want to go through because it's bug fixes, and you've said that's okay. That there'll be some sort of you know system that then puts you in a, a faster queue for that or you know 
Is this now just gone back in the full review queue and waiting for someone to get to it? Or is this now just there until someone happens to check App Store messages and, and sees my message? Um, I don't know if you've been through one of these before, John, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little lost and confused at this time. Uh, I'm sad to say that, that uh, <laughs> we have been through all sorts of things like that, as you might imagine, and that's something I, I can't talk about. Um, but uh, if only... Uh, if only uh, the App Store approval process was not such a black box, although, my gosh, it has gotten so much better. Um, so I don't know what to say other than to wish you great success. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this has not been my week for releases, although I didn't, I didn't do the next release. Matt did the next release, but um, I was involved, so I, I'm going to take responsibility. But um, we put out a new release of the Moneywell beta uh, yesterday. Um, and then we suddenly started getting loads of reports about sync wasn't working, um, which now as the main features in this beta is sync, sync suddenly stopping working is not necessarily a good thing. Um, and there, and so yeah, why is this and, and looking into things? And um, you know, it turned out that uh, through one of the features that have been put into this this version. Um, I'd been in to examine the core data model. And at first I was going to um, change something in the core data model to, to support a feature and then decided not to. Um, so I thought, I mean, I had, I definitely backed the feature. Right? In fact, we just didn't do the feature, but somehow we didn't back out the change to the core data model. Um, so, you know that ended up getting built into the um, into the model, but because I hadn't actually made a change to the model, I'd also not updated the version of the model. So as far as the app was concerned, it should have had the same model that it's always had, and it wasn't expecting a change, which meant our underlying sync system was seeing a different model to what it thought it should be having, and therefore was just barfing everywhere all over the place. So, you know, I've not had a good week for releases. <laughs> Um, I mean, the good news is we've, yeah, we've, we've, we've proven today that we've, um, by simply, you know, reversing our change out while doing an update to the bottle version, um, it, it fixes itself and we're put a new beta out today and this is a beta. So, yeah, when you have problems, that's fine. It's not like we shipped to tens of thousands of, um, customers with this problem, but, uh, and we have got around it, but there we are. I just thought I would, um, you know, you're saying about. You know, people need to get mentors. I'm saying maybe I'm not the one you want <laughs> when it comes to releases. <laughs> you are nothing if not a master beta. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for that, sir. Yeah, I was just waiting in the wings for that. <laughs> all right, can I, since this is all about uh, complaints, 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 can I continue on some more complaints that just popped into mind? You can continue. All right, so uh, another thing about Polish, I think, is... Uh, when you have to animate changes in sync with the keyboard showing. So um, this is something that's super important because a lot of times, you know, you, on phone particularly, uh, where you have you have such limited space and sometimes, you know, you want to present some screen where the user may have to enter and use the keyboard, uh, but they need to maybe get the lay of the land by looking at the entirety of the screen, deciding which 
field they want to start typing into if they need to or whether indeed they need to do that because a lot of times if you have these kind of interstitial screen systems that have multiple screens, um, you know, that, that maybe you want to leave some navigation possibilities on any given point. In other words, do you want to bring up the keyboard here or do you want to tap a button that might take you somewhere completely out of the way? And the important thing is that, you know, if you have a keyboard and you're in, in, in you know, uh, portrait orientation, the keyboard's taking up whatever, kind of a third of the screen. Um, and so, you know, then when it comes time to actually show this keyboard, it's pretty common to be able to take the view that was on screen and maybe push it up, for example, so that it moves up and the, 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 the exact field that you want to focus on is, is, is visible right on top of the keyboard, for example. And things can get even more complicated if you've respected preferred content size and the size of the type gets larger, for instance. So there's, there's all sorts of reasons why you may need to, to, to kind of move your view around. And when you have to move your view around, around it's you know the cheap way of doing it is running some animation at the point when you tap on a button that would cause the keyboard show but the problem with doing that is that your 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 animations won't be in sync because the keyboard has its own timing duration it has its own duration and also it has its own timing curve and you don't you don't know you don't kind of intuitively know what that's going to be unless you ask and you can't just like kind of fudge it by putting in some numbers well i think it'll be a third of a second and be ease and ease out like, no, <laughs> you have to actually find out. So there are notifications you can register for that when a keyboard is about to show or is about to hide or is going to change its frame, uh, you can register for those notifications. And in the notification, this is all the information you could possibly want about where the keyboard is going, where it's coming from, how soon it's going to get there and along which animation path. And so it's a, it's a fair amount of work and, and doing it makes all the difference in the world is because once you have that data, then you can animation, you can do your animation in sync with the keyboard animation. So it comes up all nice and smooth. So um, my, my initial complaint is it's not, it's not a complaint so much as like saying this is where sweating the details is, is kind of what makes for a more polished experience. Where I am going to complain a little bit is, is, um, it's kind of the typical auto layout complaint where, you know, auto layout is really wonderful because it allows you to express all these, uh, you know, possibilities, especially with a, a, a canvas that's going to have multiple possibilities depending on the data. You may or may not have, you know, buttons or you don't know how many buttons you're going to have until afterwards. You may not know if you're going to have this link, you know, until you get the view model. So you have to have, you know, you, you have to be able to kind of make those layout mechanisms um, constructed you know, in, in code where you don't want to sit there and calculate all the frame positioning because you just don't. <laughs> but when you do use auto layout, it's kind of like app submission. <laughs> you say, this is what I'm hoping to have. And then you pass it, the, you know, you, you send it into the black box and, and, and the wizardry is done and then you get the results back. And what auto layout you know, the layout system in general may do to, to your view when, especially if it has to, you know, resolve some ambiguity. What I've noticed is that, um, you see, may see some odd layout effects and, and layout changes are by default animated. And so usually that's a very good thing because it's, it's much smoother. It basically makes the transition from one view to another or one screen to another, or even the same view relayed out. So just jankily, you know, going from one one setup to another, it animates it over time with movement, maybe a little bit of fading, whatever. It makes the entire thing feel like a cinematic experience and not just like, you know, a bunch of pieces of paper thrown in front of you like like you're at the insurance office or something. Um, 
but I was struggling yesterday with seeing something that, you know, uh, if you all don't know about it, you know, avail yourself of the slow animations mechanism in the simulator because it will slow things down. You can see exactly what's going on. Then you can see, wow, um, my view kind of completely went off screen as soon as the, the keyboard is showing and then it comes back on screen. And, and that is something, as far as I can tell, is something that Apple does for you or does when it feels like it has to where it can't figure out how to make things work. It just blasts it off screen, tries to resolve whatever ambiguity there maybe is and then slide it back up. And you don't notice it unless you are showing, you know, using slow animations. But all you notice is that that transition looked a little bit weird, or a little bit kind of not cinematic and smooth. And then you have to then figure out, well, what's going on? So that's uh, what I was struggling with a bit yesterday. Um, and uh, this is <laughs> this is the art and science of, of UI engineering. It's understanding, you have to understand animation, you know, at least understanding how perception of vision, you know, perception of field works. Um, and and also kind of make sure that whatever movements are done have to be done in sync. You have to do it all with one timing curve, otherwise it just looks weird. You have animations running at different durations with different curves. It just it does not look good. Um, so sometimes you have to you have to be frustrated and sweat the details in order to get something that really looks nice. And that is a common theme, isn't it? And yes, uh, I, it I is. think the yeah people don't know about the. Um, the slowdown animations in the simulator. Uh, yeah, that's uh, when you're working on that stuff, it is um, slightly eerie to see how it goes on. And, and it sometimes actually <laughs> sometimes actually makes life a little bit more um, hard to follow, maybe, with, with stuff doing that. But it is definitely, when you're trying to get one of those glitches done or work out what is you know, the path something is actually taking, then, yeah, it's a, it's a butt saver, as we always call it. Yes, it is. Well, gosh. Um, what else, Scotty? Because I was going to say that if we have no saving of the butts yet, um, we may have to make this a mercifully short uh, episode. Well, the, the only other thing I was going to bring up was the email received this week from Apple, um, which I am just trying to find in my inbox because I've forgotten what the actual title was um, uh, about uh, introducing... I think, it, I think it was something like, Scotty being kicked out of the uh, Apple developer program. Is that yeah, the that's the one. Uh, introducing Ask Apple, running from October the 17th right. to October the 21st. I don't know if you've, you've seen that or looked into it at all. I only saw mention of it with the iconography in a tweet somewhere. Um, so, do tell me about it. Have, well, you, have you tried it? Or? I've not attempted to, to register yet, but um, basically it looks like it's uh, a series of lab type things um i've not really followed much yet um where you get to engage directly with your questions to um with, with an apple expert in slack um so how that is exactly going to work whether there's like a a slack group for certain things and you get access for a certain number of hours or or, or whatever else i'm not sure yet but it's um if you've not uh i'll put a, a link in the show notes it's on the apple developer website um you need to register um and uh i'm not sure if you need to register which groups you're interested in um but uh yeah because that's obviously going to be pretty soon you should if you've not seen that email which i'm sure most people probably have um you should uh go and take a look yes you do have to um 
pick the QA topics you wish to be involved in uh, when you register. I'm just following the register process through now. Um, there's things like accessibility and inclusion, app services, app store. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that you basically, if you're in a Slack channel, um, I have no idea if this is like a channel with everyone else in the group, so everyone gets to see the questions and the answers or whether it's private direct stuff. But, yeah, this is definitely a sense of... Apple trying to give you some interactivity with their engineering team, which, um, whether it is really good or really bad, um, is definitely something to be praised and positive that they're trying. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, certainly. I mean, we talked about WWDC and, and how it's changed so much and how, whereas it's it comes at the cost of, you know, the the personal fun let's say whatever the the yes the personal fun of people who get to physically go there and meet their colleagues and hang out you know that's great but then it is there's there's an exclusivity to it which is kind of at odds with what apple is trying to do um where they're basically saying you know everybody should have access to this type of information these type of experiences the the critical bit of help you get in five ten minutes in a lab and you know how do you scale that you know and and bringing a bunch of developers to one physical place at one point you know to and making it available to only to people who can afford to get there you know it, it, it works but only for a small number of people so if they are absolutely absolutely actually able to to make this work and and why not um how great is it? I think that's fantastic. I think I, it reminded me that there was one last thing I was going to leave on the table, but now I've been reminded for it, which um, has to do with our friend Lottie. So um, Lottie is, as as we all know, is the great animation framework that allows you to take your JSON files at, that are produced in authoring tools like After Effects and have them render on screen. And they've just they keep improving it, keep improving it, and keep improving it. And so uh, starting with version 3.1, I think it is, they started to, to have some real optimization where all the rendering is done um, using core animation. So it's happening off the main thread and that you just kind of follow along. What they had been doing is, is you know, rendering the layer tree and then kind of letting the, 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 the clock tick and then presenting the next frame and so on and so forth, which is happening on the main thread. So it can be really janky if there's some load that's going on. So they made this, this, this optimization, but I guess they realized early on that not every animation, you know, that could possibly be produced by these authoring tools uh, would work well with it. So they tried to, to, to have an automated mode where they would kind of analyze what the animation is being used and what features have masks or not masks, so on and so forth. Is it super simple or is it rarely complicated? And then they can decide all marching to this idea that you should never have to, to worry about it. But the challenge that they've taken is a big-ass hairy challenge is that, you know, you're working with arbitrary files produced by by a number of different authoring tools where people can kind of make things that are super complicated. And so, you know, they are constantly saying, hey, if you have an example of something that doesn't work, let us know. Well, we had an example of something that didn't work. And the, the folks that work on this at Airbnb, you know, this is it's, you know, it's it, they they wrote it because they use it a lot, but it's a huge you know offering they've made to the community by having this this infrastructure in place, and yet they are still willing. And I was I was saying, hey, I've got an example file, I sent it by Slack, and said, yep, I know what it is, got a patch, and you know the solution was found uh, quite a way. They were very happy to be able to be introduced to to things that they might not have seen. And we're super happy to get this you know this this fix out because it was truly harshing our buzz. 
Um, and that's just kind of a, a follow-on thing to do about it. It's like, it's not enough to have the channel, but you also have to have some personal relations, you know, or at least when you're doing it, even if you are talking to an A bot, AI bot, uh, be unfailingly polite uh, and nice and, and pleasant um, because you'll get better help. And you may also just be remembered. And the next time somebody comes in, hey, can I have some help? You kind of have some built-in karma points because you've been nice or you've been seen as help, helpful in the community and then people will take time to help you. So that was my parting word of wisdom. And very good wisdom it is too. And I would just like to say uh, you know, good interactions with people, support from people who do things uh, just makes life good. I had a, an issue this week with um, uh, trying, we use uh, Back for App, a um, Pars hoster. I was trying to clone our application mm. to get a developer version because we were about to deploy the production, the, the main one to production. For some reason, it wasn't working. I dropped an email to support. 15 minutes later, I got a response. And then it was only by email. We didn't go to Slack or anything. But there was sort of like a, an email conversation that went backwards and forwards for about 15, 20 minutes, five or six emails each, got resolved. And it just made me feel so good about their service that, um, you know, if I'd have got it solved the next day, I'd have been happy that, you know, in 15, 20 minutes I'd resolved it. Someone had given me a good answer. And, you know, I feel great about Back for App. And if, if someone else comes along and says, we do pass hosting and we do it for half the price, I'm going to still say, yeah, but I like what I'm getting. So there we mm. go. It's uh, It's a big thing. Cool. Well, John, if people want to talk about big things, uh, where should they do that? Well, they should talk to me about it in the place where all big things are discussed with great um, kindness and care and love. <laughs> Whether it's the war in Ukraine or the revolution in Iran or climate change or, you know, Lottie animation. So you'll find me on Twitter as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to um, help you understand all the mysteries of the universe, where might they do that? Uh, John, they, they may um, go to where all mysteries go um, to, to be um, uh, basically turned into conspiracy theories. <laughs> and that is, that is my local pub. No, um, Twitter, <laughs> where I am Mac Devnet, and I am happy to engage in any mystery that you wish to engage me about. Because I have no friends, and having someone to talk to would be nice. There we are. And even when I do have friends, I forget their birthdays. So um, <laughs> there we are. So they're mm. no longer my friends. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I mean, I think um, yeah, you have become a wise man in your old age um, that mm. you have ticked into this week. So uh, um, may, may your wisdom uh, live long, even if you don't. So. <laughs> Oh my God, Scotty, it's so awful. Like everything with you is like here. Here's a here's a knife. Ow, you stabbed me with a knife. Oh, I'll pull it out a little bit, and then I'm like, oh God, bless it, relief. Then you jab it back in, twist it around a little bit, and then laugh while I'm you know, fall to the ground dying. I'm like a character from Game of Thrones. There we are. Something like that. Well, well, thank you very much for for listening, whoever you are to, uh, today, and um, I hope that you haven't felt that we've uh, jabbed a knife into you and twisted it round and round with this episode, or or at least you you found some relief at the moment where we pulled it out but, uh, thanks for listening and until next time you you you, you, you take care you did that that was scotty first of all that was supposed to be my line and it's you take care
you take care. <laughs> All right. I'm stopping the recorder now.